Hello, hello. Good evening to everybody listening in the interior and exterior world. My name is uh, Dagoberto Rodriguez, and my name is Oliver De La Rosa. And uh, we're just a couple of guys in a room uh, talking about life. Excellent. Yeah, that was good. So uh, I guess we should get started just with why we're doing this in the first place. I uh, actually got approached by Oliver to do this, uh, <laughs> so I think Oliver should take it. Yeah, I met this guy some time ago. We became like friends super fast. And uh, what I discovered, what I found out was that he had um, a mentality, the mentality that I have, the kind of thoughts that go along in my head, like he has them all. And um, so we got along really fast. And I believe that all the information, all the things that we talk about are needed out there. Like people need to listen to what we talk about because... I don't know, it's very contrast, contra- constructive, right? right? Very productive and, uh, yeah. I I want to interject in what he was saying. I agree that a lot of the things we talk about are things that I feel like could help, I guess, society, especially us that we are from the Dominican Republic. And uh, I think this society could really use some constructive, I guess, ideas exactly. and some yeah. open-mindedness. Um but I do believe that majority of people do think about the stuff that we talk about. I just think that we just have to take a leap sometimes and put it out there so that someone can be like, aha, I thought about that. Exactly. Now someone has put it in, in, my, in my head or put it in for me to listen exactly. to. So I think that's what we do with each other every day, especially with me and Oliver. That's something that resonated with me when I met him and a lot of uh, other people that I have felt that way about. Um, so I think with, without further ado, we should, uh, get into kind of the topic that we decided to talk about today. Excellent. Yeah. Which is, um, something that I had, you know, just come about randomly, uh, last night, but this morning as I was uh, doing my early commute on a taxi, I, uh, it got brought up again, you know, funny, funny thing life is. I, um. it was a radio show called uh, El Gobierno de la Tarde, which is uh, the government of the of the afternoon or the evening, and it was talking about if morality uh, is something that humans or creatures innately have, or is something that we develop. Yeah. So something that is constructed. So that's a very interesting topic because, like when I when I when I started thinking about this, I. Went back to when I was a kid, uh, to all the times I got rebuked because I did things that were wrong, but I wasn't, I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't completely aware, like, of, of the whys, all right? Mm-hmm. So when you, when you brought, the, brought it up this evening, I was like, okay, I believe that humans, humans construct the, the rules by which society, society works, right? Mm-hmm. I believe that all the things that people take into account in order to judge other people and to measure their if they fit like if they fit right mm-hmm. are things that we all have created okay. that's what i that's what i started believing in the first place then you came up with an idea that i would like you to share with the audience because okay. it was it was super dope yeah so the idea that i that i already had because as i said earlier i had stumbled upon it uh, the night before was that we have morality but i feel like morality is is an ideal or it's a force that we as creatures as animals in nature 
we innately have, uh, I guess, a rudimentary or primitive aspect of it. And just because we are humans and we are able to literally, literally question everything we do, that's pretty much what humanity has been. It's uh, we have been able to develop it into something much greater. But I think the steps are there and the rules are there. Um, I personally share the same belief with Jordan Peterson, uh, psychologist, uh, a clinical psychologist from Toronto that I'm pretty sure a lot of people know of nowadays because he has been a very controversial and important figure uh, in this, these past few months. He talks about how morality is something that we already follow and we already construct but it's just that they're set in rules. So we follow the certain rules of life, and then when people come together and create society or create some kind of civilization, they then get together and be like, have a consensus of what it is that are the, the pinnacle of what is morality to us. So let's say, for, the, for example, the Ten Commandments in the Bible. The Ten Commandments are laws that are stated in the... I guess uh, the Judeo-Christian um, normative, but we follow them every day, even if you're not religious now, especially in the Western world. So uh, that's kind of what I uh, believe it to be, um, because it makes sense. Because if you look at nature, nature has its own rules. If you compare um, animals in the wild, like to humans, humans are the only animals. It, that are in nature, I guess, or not in nature uh, now, that kill for sport. In nature, you don't see that thing because they have that rule that the only reason why you would have to kill is yes. for to, defend, to, yourself. to defend yourself or to eat, mainly to exactly. eat, of course, and for no other reason. Other reason. And same thing with mating. Uh, when you find a mate, uh, it's to reproduce, and you don't, and they don't mate for pleasure. They don't have sex for pleasure. Animals, but humans do. So in that sense, they have, I guess, their, that's their morale or their code of morale. Exactly. So, and they are not supposed to have the same thinking patterns that humans have, right? right? I thought you were supposed to disagree with me. <laughs> yes, I mean, I, I, I get it. But like I was going to ask you, how do you explain the differences between all these cultures? For example, if you go to okay. Africa, you have... You have these religions in which, like, if you owe money to the church yeah. because you have committed sins, yeah. then you're supposed to give your daughter, right, okay. to work at, uh, to work for the service, and she will be raped by the priest, and she will be used, and, like, all of those things that, like, if you take those actions to this side of the world, we're talking about a different perception. Okay. Like, you would understand that those things are not really yeah. logical. Yeah. So when you when you see it that way, um, what you see is a construction. You see a set of rules that are, that have been constructed by humans over their own interests. Right. Exactly. So they, I feel like they, they use morale as a way to justify it, though, because now it, that's what I when I was talking about. Societies become more complex as as they grow, and so I guess they use it to their own benefit. In a, in, a, in a way, um, like uh, you can say the Catholic Church using celibacy as a way to rule their, um, I guess, uh, patriarchal ideal. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's something unnatural. Not having, not being, being celibate is something unnatural. You're not supposed to be celibate. That's why they, you've always, you're supposed to have a mate and you're supposed to you know, have somebody to relate with. But I think that kind of got lost in translation because 
in a place like the Catholic Church, I know this is very controversial to some to some to some listeners. Uh, you know, you're supposed to when you talk about the I guess the figureheads of any certain religion is supposed to represent purity. It's supposed to represent the the highest of of I guess consciousness. And so that's why they use some some things as celibacy and being apart from the whole the outside world because that shows that represents um, enlightenment in a way I guess because it's everything that the body doesn't need everything that's the body is apart. So they try to say that everything. I guess uh, mundane is uh, it's bad. So, but I don't think that that necessarily means it's mor- it's uh, it's moral. You know what I mean? Because morality can take many forms, but they all I feel like they all have the same um, in different cultures all over the world and all in different civilizations. They all have uh, kind of like the general standard: like you shouldn't kill, you shouldn't steal. You shouldn't commit adultery. You, uh, you know, st- stuff like that. Exactly. General, general stuff like that. Because even in how you said the African cultures, they they have those rules, and you know, you get punished by by not following them. Okay, um, following the, the the thesis statement that you have. So you're saying that if you if you take a newborn, right, and you let's say separate separate him from the rest of the world and all the rest of the information and then you take um more newborns because we're, we're talking about a society outside of all the knowledge of what already exists you're saying that people will i mean when they grow as they grow they will start to organize themselves in a way that their actions are are ruled by by you know moral right by mm-hmm. a sense of morality yeah that they will have come up with well right? Well, they will have at least um, a rudimentary aspect of it because just how a child knows be- the the knows between right and wrong, you know, when you tell a child uh, to not do this or not do that, they already know it's wrong. You're just pointing them. You just pointed it out so that they don't do it again. Like, let me let me see if I can explain this in a better way. A child that breaks something, right? They break a plate in the house. You think that they already know that they are messing they, up they, with it? Yes, I, I do believe that in a way they they know the difference between right and wrong, I guess, from a certain age and above, you know, when they it, already... Isn't it, isn't it based on the reactions of the adults that they see? For example, like you're a kid and you break a glass and you see that the adult that first, you know, finds out mm-hmm. reacts in a way that makes you understand that it's a bad thing. They scream at you or they... Right, that's how you train them. They train you, right, as a kid to, to but, understand but that those things are it. wrong. And, and then you associate them with a punishment. Right. And that's why you feel the fear, you feel the, what we call guilt. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, not, it's not because you understand naturally. I mean, this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not really because you understand naturally that that, that, okay. that is wrong. It's But you know that you did something that will affect you in a certain way. Right, so... Let's go to the deep end, I guess, in a way for for this. It's that like take take for example, when like I'm 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 a sibling. Of course, I have siblings, but the one I grew up closest to was my my sister, my older sister. She was she's two years older than me, and so we were kind of growing up as as contemporaries. We were together, and I know that when we would play, and we were by ourselves, and I would either push her 
or bite her or do something bad to her that she would make her cry, I knew that I did something wrong because I would feel bad. And that was without my mom being around to punish me or anything because I knew that I, what I did was wrong because she had a, rea a negative reaction. She, she had a reaction. But for example, I used to punch my sister mm -hmm. and I never felt bad about it. Until, you didn't feel bad. Yeah, I didn't feel bad about it until the point she until hit me. She hit me back, and then you felt bad. And then, but you see, like um, what I'm saying is, if she hadn't reacted, now you, have a, now you have a sense of empathy because now you feel what she had felt. You and I, I exactly. And from and there fear, comes the moral code. Because what happens is that my sister is older than me, and she was always right. bigger than me. Right. right. Same. Same. With so me. she had the power to control me, but she never used it until the point when she got sick and tired. Right. So she hit me so hard that I, would, I never, never, never punched her again. Yeah. So what stopped me was not my sense of morality. What stopped me was the fear. The right, okay. The fear of being punched. <laughs> well, I guess it was, I don't think it was just the, maybe for your mind at the point it was, but I think there were more things at work because now you knew what it felt like to be punched. Even because you, you gave her the punch, you didn't know how it felt like. And then once she did it back to you, you kind of, there was like that aha moment, maybe not as complex in your head, but it was like that aha moment that if I do this to her, I'm going to get hurt okay. <laughs> or it's going to hurt me because, because now I know that what I'm doing to her can't hurt her and it doesn't feel good. So I think that as, as a collective, we have always known that. Um, now we decide to let that stop us or not. Now that's, uh, uh, whatchamacallit? That's a uh, uh, aspect of free will. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because now you're choosing to do something regardless of what the other person feel might feel, whether it's good or bad. You know, it, you know the consequences of it can can be whichever, whatever, whatever they might be. But I feel like we have always, ever since we've become, I guess, organized systems or have have had organized systems, we have been. Um, we have been following these rules without even having them. So let's say, for example, yeah, I was um, I was gonna ask you to give me some examples so we could. Okay, so going back to to what it. I said about uh, about the Ten Commandments, right? So let's talk about uh, Exodus, the Book of Exodus in the Bible. Uh, Moses was the leader of the of the Jews of the Jewish people, and they had been in the desert for uh, forty a years, time, over forty yeah. years. How it says in the Bible. And throughout that time, the hell was been in discord, uh, and they were in complete chaos, complete disorder. And so, the reason why that was was because they didn't have a, a, a specific set of rules, but they did have grievances. And so they went to Moses with those grievances to understand why it is that people do this, and I feel bad, but then I do this, and then vice versa. You know what I mean? So they would come to him as if, as if saying. Oh, okay, I have this land or I have this house. He was the referee. Of and someone that. took it without my permission. Or I gave somebody uh, some food and they didn't pay me. Or someone took my wife, you know, such yeah, and they, such. They, someone it's killed. like they needed to standardize. Right. But that's that's just an example I'm giving you because there's been civilizations before that. You know what I mean? So right. so I'm just saying in just this example, then Moses, because he was the leader of, of, the, of the Jewish, uh, of the Jews, of the uh, city of Israel. He, um, when he went in the mountain, he found enlightenment and he found, okay, these people have the same, the common, common issues, common problems. So now what set of laws can I make that, that can constitute 
an agreement for everybody around me and can make us a more civilized exactly. people. You know what I mean? So that's where the Ten Commandments came out of. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt, you and know and I mean? what happens when you separate? Because, you know, not everybody, not everybody lives by those rules, right? Not everybody's religious. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. happens when you separate religion and, and morality? Well, that, I mean, like, in a time like today, that doesn't really matter because our society, at least the Western society, has is been based shaped. on Judeo, it's been, it's been shaped by Judeo, uh, Judeo-Christian values. Yeah, but there are some, there are some rules that uh, as you approach the boundaries, like mm -hmm. the limits of religion and, mm -hmm. and uh, the absence of it, uh -huh. the, there are some things that are accepted by a group that are not perceived the same way by, by others, right? Right. Like, where do you draw that line right. okay, and so how do you justify the behavior, right? So, like... Let me give you an example. example. I'm an atheist, for example. Mm -hmm. This is just an example. I'm not saying what I am right now. <laughs> so, um, of course, I understand I should not kill anybody. Like, right. I, I'm not allowed to kill people. Because it's unnatural. I'm not allowed to steal. Right. Right. Um, and I shouldn't do it. But what about cheating, for example? Okay. What about being dishonest, not in, a, in the way of stealing from somebody else, but, for example, at work, doing things that are... Okay, from, okay so, from, I mean, that's I, I, could, I could interpret them as business, right? For instance, like, yeah. I'm receiving money for, for, for something that I'm not supposed to be paid for, okay. and that, that is dishonest. But I'm not religious, so I interpret it as, as, as a business action. Okay, so now we've come to, to, to a little bit of a, of a wall, and it's that that we are seeing nowadays, especially in our society, in the Dominican society, that people do have these set of rules and they do have these laws and know what's right and wrong and they choose to do the wrong because they feel like they'll benefit them, they'll, it'll benefit them uh, on the short term. Um, you know, uh, instant gratification, instant pleasure, it's what people strive to But generally. then they don't feel remorse, right? Because that, well, they, they might they, feel remorse. You never, I mean, morality is not the same. I, as well, they might feel remorse, but it's not enough for them to stop doing it. You know what I mean? So, like you said about, uh, you know that these things are wrong because you know that if it would happen to you, if you if you were the one being being the one that's cheated or the one that's being stolen from, you would know that feels bad. But the feeling of regret is not enough. For you to stop doing that. All right. So now it's a now it's a it's a question of of you personally, what overtakes morality for you? You know, for you might be the need to do it, or you just omit the consequences, which is okay. what a lot of people do. I get you. I want to ask you a last question because we're running out of time in here. Um, okay. Don't you believe that some of those rules, that perception, that um, the perception that people have of morality, has been shaped by shaped by figures of authority in, in a certain way, let's say uh, politicians, for instance, some religious leaders, some community leaders. Well, of Let course, that's what you have. You've had uh, things like the Crusades or every time uh, or Manifest Destiny in the United States, you know, they, they have used these uh, political and religious and, and socioeconomic Uh, instances in their life to justify whatever it is they were doing. So, like, let's talk about the United States when they, when they, uh, well, when the colonists came to the to the, to the United States or into the New World, you can even go back, as far back as that. They were justifying um, their their massacring and 
and they're pillaging to what to what they would think is a just cause being either enlighten them with God or technology or them thinking it's their right to take something away from somebody else without consequences because they're not as evolved as you thought they were. Okay. You know? So so I have this last question. I, I said the other I, one was the last one, but this is the last one for okay. real. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if the, that what I described part, you, yeah. Do you understand what I... Exactly, I got I you. hope that the audience I understood me because that was kind of like <laughs> yeah, yeah. off guard. <laughs> but, okay, let's say that you feel that you're being influenced by by this sense of morality that is only suited to to for the best interest of a certain group of people right, right. let's say the state let's okay say, so like uh the saying uh the need of the many outweigh the need of the few exactly how, how do you measure how do, how do you make your independence your free will mm -hmm. right overcome the necessity to fit in a group when you understand that the, the rules that are that are supposed to be moral mm -hmm. are not really uh, human needs, but, you know, as I said before, are there for to suit the interest of a certain group of people. Uh, so a smaller group of people, you would say? Let me give you, let's, let's try to come up with an example for that. Let's say I'm part of a, a football team, right? And the message that, that the coach has sent is that a certain practice a certain practice or the lack of it has an impact on your morality mm -hmm. or has to do with being a, a more person or not, okay. right? But I understand that the way they say it and the reason why they, they, he says that is because it is convenient for the economy of somebody who's profiting from it, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm a, in a business group, right? I'm at a business conference and I understand that the speaker is selling an idea because he needs to make profit and he's making us feel right that it's a moral choice mm -hmm. when it's it's i believe it's not if you extrapolate that example to other aspects of living what do you do when you're in that position like if you don't do what the majority expects you don't agree with it right but then you're 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 um considered an immoral person Right. Okay. So, person. in the eyes of the other people, you would consider exactly. it immoral. I mean, in that sense, in that kind of dilemma, I guess uh, you would have to again prove why you believe that your stance is correct over everybody else. And you would, I guess, in a, in that scenario, you would always be a pariah, regardless. Mm -hmm. And I think that I don't think this is correct. It might be correct, but you are wrong in that scenario. Because exactly. because I think the morality, I guess that that morality, it, it's not uh, it's not absolute, but because the majority of the people around you think that certain way, in that environment you are wrong, even though it's not absolute, and even though even though it's not, exactly. um, I guess looking at it from a third party, correct. I I didn't want to bring it up because I was trying to make simple examples, but I want you to think of uh, countries that are communists okay let's say you take that idea to cuba take yeah. that idea to north korea yeah like you're living in an environment that is ruled by a sense of morality mm -hmm. that contradicts the human nature when you look at it from the outside well, like they, if you're influenced but the thing enough, is that they can justify it you know what i mean because yeah. it's it's in, if you talk if you talk about socialism in general that's what so that's what that the whole discourse with so, socialism and capitalism is that You, you give both in paper and they both sound excellent, 
But then when you execute it, you're always going to have faults because humans aren't perfect. Their ideals might be, but they are not. You know exactly. what I mean? So it's always going to be it's going to it's going to be difficult to 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 what? Oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, yeah, all right, keep going. Um, so it's gonna, it's gonna, it's always gonna be more difficult for you to uh, justify uh, speaking, speaking wise. Exactly. And they both have their faults, and they both have their rights. So I guess the point of it is, at the end of the day, we have the we have the keys, and we have the the resources, or or I guess the the knowledge to know what's right and wrong and to know what's in between and to know where the balance fits in exactly. the way we we are as a, as a society uh, striving forward. And so I think that's what we're reaching at every day, every year, every every time we are growing as a, as a collective, uh, we are reaching closer to enlightenment. Exactly. By doing things such as this, discussing <laughs> it and, and, and executing those those uh, discourses uh, and I think with this we can you know put it to a halt exactly um, yeah I think, I think that we can, we can come back to this topic in yeah, a certain period of time I, uh, I like to congratulate my colleague over here Oliver De La Rosa he uh, was very good jousting partner I guess <laughs> but um, likewise bro but, but we're gonna have to find more topics to be more uh, I guess polarizing to towards because we're kind of jerking each other off here. <laughs> nah, exactly. I'm just kidding. But on the next on the next talk, we're gonna be talking about something more, I guess. Um, Let's say tangible, applicable. Yeah, to, more to applicable, I guess. More mundane. Uh, more, more mundane. Yeah. Yeah. More. Which, so, yeah, which is <laughs> which is uh, uh, relationships. Yeah, that, that's a nice. Uh, which topic. is something that Oliver is very much specialized. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that the expert right here is you. Yeah. Oh, okay. really? <laughs> so yeah, I wanna thank the the listeners um, for the time, and I wanna congratulate you as well, bro, for the um, for this podcast. And I wanna invite everybody to follow us and um, send us emails the way that you find available. We're gonna leave a, in the description of this podcast. We're gonna leave an email so you guys can write to us with um, your comments on the content that we have published and um, any ideas for next videos, for future videos. So thank you very much for listening and have a great rest of the evening.